Hello, welcome to another episode of The Broads Who Binge. I'm Marissa. And I'm Molly. And this is a show where we talk about binging TV. Our favorite pastime and only hobby, potentially. Speaking (laughs) for myself. Present time. (laughs) Um, Well, what's up? I mean, it's like I my week was so boring. Like TV is essentially all I did this week. Oh, that sounds so great. I really, I guess I did binge the uh, the entire Undoing on Sunday. So I can't say I didn't Mm. watch a lot of TV. (laughs) Well, how many episodes is that? It's only six. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so not going to lie to you. My parents were pretty judgmental. They were like, I was like, oh, yeah, I finished the undoing. And they were like, in one day. Wow. Well, that sounds like a them problem to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what shows have you been watching this week? Well, like, this won't surprise anyone, but there was a Save by the Bell marathon on E! this weekend. So naturally had to tune in for that. Then I've been watching um, a new show on HBO about Heaven's Gate. So, yeah, everyone knows how I feel about cults. And this one, actually, Molly, I think you should watch it because I think you'll like that it talks about the fact that T, the woman, was actually, like, pulling the strings a lot more than anyone realized. Wow. Okay, yes. I need to. I had just seen a headline that that was on HBO, but I'm glad you vetted it for me because now I'm definitely going to check it out. It's great. I have one episode left, but it does – I've, like, watched probably probably two or three shows about it, but this one goes more in depth. So I'd say it's worth a watch. That's good to know because, honestly, I don't think I'm very familiar with Heaven's Gate at all. I know that's not good. In my opinion, this one, the beliefs are the kookiest. I mean, they're all crazy, but this cult, these beliefs are wackiest. They believe in, like, UFOs and, like, they're only on this planet until they get, um, like, kidnapped by aliens and taken to the next planet. But it's also, like, it's, like, largely based in Christianity, though, too. And so it's, like, a very, it's very wacky. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds intriguing. I like the alien, like, edge. That's yeah, fun. For, it's different. And they also, spoiler alert, they um, castrate a lot of the men in the cult. Oh, I mean, that's a vibe, too. So. <laughs> yeah. I think, you'll, you, I think you'll enjoy it. It's worth a watch. Okay. Okay. I am definitely going to have to watch that, and I will report back for sure. Yeah. Anything interesting from your week that you'd like to share? Um, I finished a book and I bought six books this weekend. Wow. Because I'm in my rush to fin- to meet my reading goal. <laughs> right. Um, I still have 18 books left to make by <laughs> December 31st. So I'm not going to lie. I don't feel super optimistic about achieving it. But in my mind, I was just like, oh, maybe if I just keep buying all these books, then I'll just magically read them. Yeah, it's like if you build it, they will come sort of thing. Totally. Uh, Well, good luck with that. I kept reading my one I talked about last week. I haven't read much of it this week, but it's very good. Once again, highly recommend Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. It's a little more horror than I typically read but it's very good okay okay I'm gonna have to check that out 
I finished The Royal We, which for my fellow royal, like, trashy rom-com readers, it was a good one. It was pretty much a glorified um, fanfic of, like, (laughs) Prince William and Kate's relationship. Wait, I love that, though. Um, Yeah. No, I, like... it is it is long like it's 500 pages of fanfic um oh, wow. and there's a sequel but <laughs> i mean i think i finished it in a week so i would say if you do like the royals and this is like a juicy fanfic there's a good twist that i won't spoil uh but definitely recommend wait did you ever watch i think it was called royals on e okay so i'm pretty sure i watched was there only like one season of that I think there were tops two seasons, but I only I mean, watched the first. Because Elizabeth Hurley was in that, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. I um, feel like we may have talked about it, but it's very good. And you, you just reminded me of that. Yeah, I was talking to someone this weekend, and I he's a screenwriter. And so oh. he doesn't do, like, any of the types of like he doesn't do any like rom-coms or like the the shit that I'm like obsessed about so he was like looking at my book and I was telling him that there's a serious gap in the marketplace for trashy royals pieces I was like there's a lot of historical <laughs> like class royal yeah classy like they're telling the real story but mm-hmm. this book like has some very like you know steamy twists and that's the type of royals content that I think the world needs. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. The The daughter in that show was, like, addicted to coke and, like, partying all the time. The son had issues. It was great. So I can imagine the book that you just read is like that, and I'm, in, I'm on board. Yeah, and it did fulfill my fantasy of, like, you know, moving to London and, you know, falling in love with the royal. Yeah. And then we get well, married. So it's funny you bring up rom-coms and London because those are two of the content pieces in the show I'm going to tell you about. Yes, I can't wait. Should we tell the the team what this episode's going to look like because it's a little different from anything we've done before. Yeah, it's our little it's our holiday special, our Christmas special. So we are We couldn't pick just one, and actually, we didn't even do a TV show. We did Christmas movies, and Molly and I each picked our favorite, and we watched the other's favorite, and we're going to talk about one before the break, one afterward. Um, So super excited to to pause and have a little Christmas moment with you all. Yeah. And uh, by the way, there will be spoilers. Yeah, it's not a spoiler-free zone. But I would say both these movies are pretty iconic. And if you haven't watched them, like, I don't know if you will. Well, you should. But, like, just listen I would to the episode, say, you know? Yeah, listen. Give it a listen. We're not going to spoil that much because we never really do. And so give it a listen and then watch it while you're all alone this Christmas. Exactly. There's nothing <laughs> like the comfort of a sappy Christmas rom-com to make you feel like you need to move to a Christmas tree farm to meet the love of your life. Yeah. That's not that's the plot exactly in any right. of these films, but just But it's in the general. plot in many others. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
<laughs> Did you see? I might have sent you that meme that's like, I'm, or maybe you sent it to me. That's like, I'm just worried about all of the New York City career women that won't have a chance to go home this Christmas and fall in love with the boy next door. Yes, I did see or that. Or something and like that. It's honestly, it's such a mood. When I was last in Oregon, we passed, we were in the rural Oregon and we passed multiple Christmas tree farms and I kept telling my parents to drop me off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just yeah. leave me here. I'll meet him. Don't worry. He's fine. out there. He's in the forest. <laughs> I'll chopping find my down way my back. Tree. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it back <laughs> or I won't. You'll just leave me in this town and I will, I don't know, I'll get a job at the gas station. Wait, that could have been true because you are like a a city career woman now trapped in Oregon and you're like, ugh, I missed my flight. But then you're like, oh, wait, hey, James. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm waiting for my romantic comedy to play out. Yeah, yeah, aren't we all? Well, let's dig in, shall we? Because this is the romantic comedy of all romantic comedies I think I would like to live in. Um, This one for me, honestly, I actually forget that it's a Christmas movie um, a lot because it's not like, you know how most Christmas movies like Christmas is the theme or like Christmas is the subject. Yes. This one is more like Christmas is happening in the backdrop. Um of like a really beautiful rom-com. So we are talking about The Holiday. Which Such a uh, good movie. It's iconic. It came out in 2006, which sometimes feels like a long time ago and sometimes I'm like, god, this movie feels even older and sometimes it feels newer. Um I love this movie so much. So I was a theater kid in high school and I used to use Iris's monologue from the beginning of this movie about unrequited love as my audition monologue and really tell you yeah and it got me the job several times it did the job um yeah I mean it's a great one so anyway let me let me tell you well you already know let me tell people who might not know here's the plot so Rose no sorry Iris wrong name she was rose and titanic iris yeah (laughs) whoops different movie there's a lot of flowers (laughs) like which uh it's difficult to track down which wait also i got the name wrong but it's actually kate winslet oh okay well yeah you're right you're right (laughs) so i got it wrong and you also got it wrong which is hysterical um what if all of a sudden I just was like, it's Titanic, and I thought it was a Christmas movie? <laughs> I'm going to say something controversial. I'm not sure I've ever actually watched Titanic from start to finish. That's very controversial. It upsets me less at this age than Space Jam, but like 1997, Marissa would have been pretty upset. We had the double VHS, you know, because yeah. you yeah. Because it didn't fit on one. Sorry, I didn't yeah. need to go on a tangent. I just wanted to let you know that if you're doing Titanic, I am very unprepared <laughs> to banter with you because I will not be able to comment very uh, educatedly. Wait, one day we should just pick something really obscure and like pretend we watched it and make up banter <laughs> to see if anyone catches on. 
to see who's really listening or if our fans really just love us enough that they're like, oh, yeah. They're like, totally. yeah, that checks out. That sounds about right. Like, that remember sounds like when a good the, analysis of the show. Remember when the Tyrannosaurus Rex came on board of the Titanic? <laughs> on to the ship? Yeah, that was crazy. But I think the T-Rex really represented narcissism. Exactly. <laughs> the symbolism is just profound. Um, okay, anyway, no, it's the holiday. So anyway, Iris, she um, is like really sad. She just had an unrequited love situation. So she goes on a website and swaps homes with a similarly downtrodden California woman named Amanda for a Christmas break. So Iris is all of a sudden in this like gorgeous mansion in Hollywood that Amanda owns. And Amanda is suddenly in this, like, cottage in a little English village. I think it's Surrey. And soon enough, both of them um, end up finding sort of their places in those respective cities, and they find love. So here's the characters. Amanda, played by Cameron Diaz. Uh, She's a bad bitch, but too focused uh, on work and supposedly incapable of love. But And crime, right? Yeah, I want to talk about that in a minute. She can't cry, which upsets her boyfriend, apparently, and is supposed to be, like, I think, like, a a symbol that she doesn't really get too invested. But I think her boyfriend in the beginning is an asshole and just can't handle a strong woman. Like, I don't actually think it's about her. I think it's about him. She owns a movie trailer making business. Um... Okay, then there's Kate Winslet, who plays Iris, as I've mentioned. She is in, like, an unrequited love relationship with a guy at work, and he gets engaged. So she's sad, and she goes to L.A., and that's the exact monologue that I used. So I don't know. Like, I know Kate Winslet is, like, a an Oscar winner or whatever, but, like, I'm just saying. But you it's basically not, it's won not an Oscar hard. Yeah, it's for using her hard. monologue. Yeah, I even, like, brushed my hair out of my face the way she does. It, it went well. Then we have Jude Law, who plays Graham, Iris's brother. Um, I think this role of his is the all-time most attracted to him I've ever been. Oh, my God. I mean... I know. Wow. It's like, you know that scene where in the morning he's wearing a blue sweater and it makes his eyes feel like they're literally on you. Like, oh, I just can't. Him just, like, making her coffee in the morning yes! in that little, uh, uh, like, I guess, cottage or whatever you want to call it, the small house. It's just like, wow, can't imagine waking up to that every day. Oh but my God. maybe if I was Cameron Diaz, that would be a more realistic yeah, I mean, I will say, she also, in my opinion, like, maybe aside from the 90s movie The Mask, she looks stunning in this. Great like, she, in this movie. Unreal. Um, okay, so Jude Law, at first, he seems like a wild bachelor because Amanda meets him when he's, like, drunkenly banging on her door for a place to stay. But then later in the movie, spoiler alert, She learns that that happens only once in a blue moon because he's actually a widower with two small kids who he's, spoiler alert, adorable with. Then you have Jack. girls are so cute. Oh, my God. They're so cute. Actually, this is a fun fact I learned that I wasn't going to share, so I'll sprinkle it in here. She, um, or he said that his favorite part of the movie was 
acting with them that that was the most fun. Oh, I know. Okay, then you have Jack Black, who plays Miles. He's the love interest for Iris, um, and he's still sort of a wacky Jack Black, but in, like, a more tamed way. And I actually really love him in this and really love him for her. I sort of wish they'd given her somewhere hot, someone hotter, but, like, he's actually really good. Um, also, by the way, do you follow Jack Black on Instagram? Because you should. No, I honestly didn't even think that he would have an Instagram. He's hilarious. He recently posted a a video of him dancing to wet ass pussy. Yes. And it's out someone's like spraying a hose directly into his face while he does the dance. It's great. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. That's worth a worth follow. Worth a follow. Okay, then finally you have Arthur, who's played by Eli Wallach. He's Iris's new neighbor in LA. Um, He was previously a major Hollywood director, but now he's, like, pretty old. But she befriends him, and they have a really cute relationship, too. He ends up being, like, pretty fatherly. Um, A lot happens in the two weeks that they supposedly switched lives. They fall in love. They find that these places are actually maybe better um, for them and that they're better suited to these places. Uh, so since we're sort of speeding through this show, uh, why don't we jump in here with a quick fuck, Mary kill Molly. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I obviously, well, okay. Okay. I think my hot take is I'm fucking Graham, which is Jude law, yeah, right? Of course. Okay, I might marry Arthur because oh, he yeah. is, like, literally the sweetest old man. Yeah, great choice. Didn't think about it. And kill her boyfriend, um, Cameron Diaz's boyfriend, I mean, in the, like, initial. Well, I forget what his name yeah, is. Yeah, it's not worth remembering. Wow, that's a great choice. I think the only one I might spice it up with, um, just to be different from you, would be I might marry Jack Black. I, and I completely support that because he's a very sweet he's man. He's so sweet in it, but also, like, silly and cute and loving. Um, he also gets screwed over. Like, during it, he's dating someone and she's been cheating on him. So it sort of allows for Kate Winslet and him to relate and also, like, clears the way for them to get together. Um, okay. So quickly, instead of going deep into everything, I'm just going to do a quick run-through of my favorite scenes in the movie um, and I'd like you to chime in as you see fit. Okay. Okay. Obviously, Amanda's first board night in London when Graham comes a knocking and they end up having sex. So here's a question for you. Please. Do you think that you would have had sex with him? In that situation, like random man knocks on your door, you answer you find out, like, okay, he's probably not a serial killer, but, like, you can't even really, Mm-mm. you don't even know you're really, like, the girl you're switching homes yeah. with. So what if she's a serial killer? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, rom-com me, sure, sure she does. Um, real life me, 100% expects that it's a serial killer and never even opens the door. 
I agree. I I do not open the door if I don't know no. the person. Also, I'm not tall. I've watched. We've watched too many murder shows. A hundred percent. And also, I'm not tall enough to see out my peephole. So I oh, definitely wow. don't. Wow. Okay. Um. But also, Jude Law is so hot that if he just came randomly knocking, I would assume that he is a serial killer. Like he's too hot to oh, actually 100- be good percent mm-hmm. i completely agree it's like are you in any random facebook groups where people like post screenshots of online dating profiles and they go is this person a catfish no i wish i, I didn't know that was a thing till you just went it described it well i can give you my one of my quarantine hobbies has been inserting myself <laughs> into these like weird facebook groups and the shit that these women will post oh in these my. facebook groups is wild and a lot of them are idiots (laughs) and they'll post these screenshots of these profiles that are obviously catfish (laughs) and it's like it cracks me and it's like the person posting is like toothless bertha (laughs) from like like a double wide and it'll literally be a picture of dude law and they're like i've been talking to this man for a few months but something seems a little sketchy and Anyway, amazing. I highly recommend that as a quarantine hobby to like virtually people. Yeah, watch. send me the group name. If June Law showed up for a like a hinge date, I would a hundred percent think I was being catfished or like on hidden Absolutely. camera or something. Same. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, this is I would not be like, real. who paid you yeah. to go on a date? Like, yeah, exactly. Did my parents this use my funny. entire inheritance to boost my self esteem? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on out, parents. Um. Okay. Also love the Hanukkah party in LA when Iris hosts it for Arthur and his friends. Um, Love when Cameron Diaz shows up at the bar and surprises Graham and there's like frou-frou playing in the background and he's like, what? And she waves. So hot. Um, Love their first date. Do you remember that scene? When he, they like go get lunch and he tells her he's a book editor and Oh, yeah. That's just, like, actually, that montage is, like, for me, perfection rom-com montage. Would love to live in it. Um, That was a really good first date. Love it. Love when she shows up and finds out he's a widower and hangs with the little girls. So cute. Love when he professes. Yeah, we're in the little, like, tent. Oh, so cute. Um... And love the end when she runs back. And also love any scene with Kate Winslet and Arthur. Um, Yeah. One of my favorite scenes that you didn't mention is when he walks the steps, like, up the stairs by himself to receive that award. Yes. That kills me it's just so it's so sweet because she helped him she like rehabbed him and he previously didn't want to accept this award and she forced him and like helped him build up the strength to walk the stage himself um so cute i'm glad you chimed in because i was gonna ask you what your favorite scene is so instead i'll ask you which life would you want would you oh my god yeah we wrote the same question <laughs> oh my god um so i will answer this and i had this exact same question for you it's funny because the longer we do this podcast the more we're like morphing into the same person exactly we have the same views on television we didn't even pick the shit like the same movie oh my gosh um okay 
It's hard to not default to a life with Jude Law. Yeah. But I really do think my vibe is more Kate Winslet and Jack Black Mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. I do. I just can't see myself retreating to like the countryside of England and being this. While the girls are very cute, do I want to be a stepmom to two small girls? Uh, I'm just, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, you and I had the same answer for this question. I think the obvious answer is to pick Cameron Diaz's life with Jude Law, which would be good. But I think I would feel too much pressure to be, like, perfect for him. Whereas, like, a life with Jack Black, you could sort of just, like, let loose and be yourself. Yeah, exactly. And he's funny and makes good money and treats her really well. And yeah, and LA. She's got like Arthur as her friend in LA. Yeah, it just. Also, I think that the the like sad cold weather of Surrey doesn't do her well. I think the like breezy sun of LA is better for her. I agree, and Cameron Diaz is just so like sunny and bright that I think she can handle. She can handle it. Also, she the LA weather a little more. She owns her company, and it's literally in her house, so she can move it to London easy, or to exactly. Surrey, wherever. Um. Yeah. Would you though move your whole life like they did after only two weeks of like falling in love with someone over two weeks and then sort of upend your life? I personally cannot imagine doing that, but I guess I just have not been in love to the point that that would make sense for me to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever loved anyone enough where you think you like love at first sighted, I guess? Yeah, I actually had two situations like that, that I think had I been at a slightly different stage in my life, maybe, frankly, um, I think that like I didn't end up moving so maybe there's my answer but I think if I were like in my mid to late 30s like Cameron Diaz is supposed to be and Kate Winslet and was sort of stuck and but also sort of in a position where I could move my life maybe maybe because I look back and like part of it was because I was young that I didn't or you know had certain situations like that yeah I think I'm, like, my personality is I, like, do the opposite. So I will, like, move – I will completely up move my life to, like, self-destruct myself <laughs> or because I'm bored or because I'm just, like, oh, I want to do something else. But I feel like if someone wanted me to completely, like, change my life for them, I'm just so stubborn that I wouldn't do it out of spite. Can I psychoanalyze you for a moment? Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. I'm sorry to say this, but I think you're exactly wrong because you have no problem upending your life and like moving. You've done it many times. You do it to spice up your life. So maybe not like over the span of two weeks of falling in love, but I 100% see you being someone who moves for love. And I don't mean that in the way where you just like follow your partner or spouse around. But I mean it in the way of, like, you love an adventure. You love moving. You are a rom-com at heart. You love a good romance. I I do see you doing that. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. Not after two weeks, but. No, yeah. But I, I, I actually, I see this in your future. I'm not, like, a soothsayer or anything. But if I was, I would tell you. 
that you want. I kind of wish you were a soothsayer. We could add a psychic segment to this. Oh my god. Welcome soothsaying. to Soothsaying Corner. <laughs> um, maybe we should corner. anyway. I'll just make shit up and then like, we'll see if it again, comes Again, yeah. We're gonna, in our episode where we just make everything <laughs> yeah. up, we'll have a soothsaying hour. Yeah, I love it. Turns out that that episode of the podcast is seven hours long. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a full day, Marissa and I will FaceTime and just, it's a stream of Record. consciousness. It's yeah. just our banter. It's a day in the life. Yeah. The thir- the- there'll be peaks, there'll be pits. Yeah. There's a 30 Buckle minute up. segment where I just make a grilled cheese and you watch me. <laughs> Honestly, we could probably put that on OnlyFans and make <laughs> decent money. We probably would make more than the $10 we've made on this podcast. So let's not rule that That's out. That's a good point. Um, okay, before we wrap this show up, would you like to know some interesting facts? Yes, I would. Okay. Well, it received mixed re- mixed reviews. Some people didn't like it, but I love this quote. So, for USA Today, reviewer Claudia Puig found that the holiday is, quote, a rare chick flick rom-com that despite its overt sentimentality and fairy tale premise doesn't feel cloyingly sweet. She felt that quote, much of the credit goes to inspired casting and the actor's chemistry. And I love that because I think it's true. It doesn't feel quite as like um, saccharine sweet as some of the lifetime movies, no offense, but um, yeah, it also like they do seem to have so much chemistry. Oh, so much. Like, the casting on this was next level. Superb. Actually, that's funny you say that because um, the creator, Nancy Myers, uh, she wrote Jack Black's part for him after she fell in love with him after School of Rock. Really? Yeah, and actually, a lot of his stuff, she must, like, really love him because she wrote stuff in. Like, there's a part do you remember the scene where him and iris are getting sushi and he's like whoops accidental boob graze oh yeah okay so apparently that line came into the movie because jack black accidentally accidentally did it to the director and then apologized and she thought it was so funny that she wrote it into the script oh my gosh i love that because that is a really funny like banter it's so him too and actually yeah he also um he forgot he was in the holiday. There was like a variety interview where someone, an interviewer asks him what his favorite Christmas movie is. And he says elf. And she's like, wow, you didn't pick your own. And he was like, what Christmas movie am I in? And she reminds him and he's like, oh my God, I forgot. That's so funny. Yeah. It's so good. He just actually, based on all the stuff I read too, people seem to really like him. Um, he seems very down to earth. He does. He seems super cool. So the website that Amanda and Iris use to swap houses is actually real. You can do it if you want to. Really? Yeah. Um, maybe we should pandemic house swap. Maybe it's called homeexchange.com. So think about it. Um, I think you and I are too cynical and expect to be serial killed. So I don't think we actually would, but 
you know. Yeah, no, I agree. And I would expect everyone to, like, steal my stuff. Like, I don't even like to bring, like, I can't bring dates home because I'm, like, like, what are they going to steal my, like, weird feminist art? But yeah, yeah your my new mind, book I'm collection. Like, yeah, my face serum. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame But you. in my mind, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a, all a plot for them to steal this one obscure item. Wait, why is Jude Law on this date with me? He must want my face serum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's willing to spend $150 on drinks, <laughs> but he really serum. needs my $5 like herbal tincture that I just bought <laughs> off of Instagram. Yeah, so I don't envision us house swapping, but if anyone else wants to, you can. Um, Cameron Diaz loved her clothes so much during the filming that she kept them, which I would too. I love her outfits. Yeah. Um, the guy that plays um, the guy in the beginning that Kate Winslet is in love with, apparently they actually did date in real life in the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because that actor, I forget what his name is, but he plays that kind of like skeezy guy in other movies right yeah I looked it up his name is Rufus Sewell and he's a total dick he just looks like a dick his like bone structure looks like he's gonna be an asshole I completely agree yeah um also okay so do you remember the like blockbuster scene R.I.P. where Kate Winslet and Jack Black meet to like pick a video to watch together Yes. Apparently, that whole scene was improvised, and Jack Black just, like, took the lead. Wow. Love that. Yeah, so that's why, that is part of why I think the chemistry seems so real, because I think a lot of it was improvised with him. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Also, this one really cracked me up. The cr- It was a real blockbuster, but the crew removed all of the movies in there that had Kate Winslet and Jack Black. So that they wouldn't get distracted. That's funny. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if they, like, pick up a movie that they're in? So amazing. Um, And apparently when Jack Black comes over, he has, or Kate Winslet is holding Punch Drunk Love, which is a movie about an American guy falling in love with a British woman. Oh. Yeah. So that's a little Easter egg for you. Um. Well, those are my interesting facts. I love this movie. Is there anything else you want to say about it? I just, I just love it. I, it's one of those ones that when it's on, I'll just sit down, drop everything and watch it. I a hundred percent, like, like you said, I kind of forgot this was a Christmas movie because I only have, I think three movies downloaded on my iPad Mm. and I have to listen to TV to fall asleep and so whenever I've been in a situation where I don't have Wi-Fi that works I have to re-watch the same three movies so I have re-watched The Holiday so many times. I love that. I love it. It's a great great movie so if you guys haven't seen it definitely watch it. Yes. I agree. Do not sleep on this film. Don't. Even though you've been sleeping on it for 14 years. I've been. Wake the fuck up. (laughs) Wake up. Watch it. Watch it. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back for your film. Perfect. We're back. And now it is my turn to talk about probably my all time favorite Christmas movie. 
And that is Eloise at Christmas Time. And yes, it is a children's Christmas movie. <laughs> In case you were um, curious. Wait, I actually do love that because I, after I watched it, I realized I had seen it before, but I watched it today in preparation, thinking that I hadn't seen it. And I did have a moment where I was like, oh, so we picked two very different vibes and they were only made three years apart, but this one is like definitely for kids and the holiday is not. That said, I loved it. Like no shade, loved Eloise at Christmas time, but they just have like two different vibes. Oh, totally. It's, I mean, it's completely different. And so for the backstory on why I love this Christmas movie is because I owned this as a DVD. It came out in 2003, like Marissa said. Um, And it, I think I've watched it every single Christmas, almost every single Christmas with my mom since. It's kind of our tradition. So I have very fond memories watching this. And... So I'm going to give you the high-level plot. I think it's a good inter- – like Marissa said, I think it's entertaining even if you don't have kids. But if we've got moms listening with kids, definitely throw this one on this Christmas. You will not be disappointed. I feel like it's a classic. It's aged well. Yeah. So we start off with Eloise. And so she is a precocious six-year-old girl who lives at the Plaza Hotel in New York City, which, for those of you who don't know, it's a real hotel in New York City. And she pretty much rules this hotel. Her mom is not ever usually in the picture. You never actually see her mom's face throughout any of the movies or in the books. And she's raised by her nanny, who is played by Julie Andrews. Really the only famous actor mm-hmm. or actress in this film. Um, and so Nanny's British and always trying to find Eloise and get her out of trouble. And Eloise knows all of the um, people that live at the hotel along with the whole staff. And she's always causing trouble. The film starts out even with you see this giant present box getting delivered and it takes like five bellmen to get it into the present room. They have this present room that Eloise (laughs) couldn't figure out a better way to break into. And she had wrapped herself in this giant box (laughs) so that she could go to the present room to find a gift from her mom from Paris, but she can't find it. And so in the plot, she meets Rachel, who is the daughter of the hotel owner, Mr. Peabody. And he, she is supposed to be getting married on Christmas Eve to this guy named Brooks Oliver. And so Eloise gets really excited because she loves Christmas. And so she wants to help plan this wedding. And... In the beginning, you see this kind of like shady guy and Eloise is very suspicious of him and she thinks he's a spy. She comes up to him and she's like, I know you're up to no good. Um, And so Eloise, again, is always inserting herself. She finds out that Rachel has a history with Bill, which is one of her favorite. He's like a cater waiter, basically. He delivers her room service. And apparently they were in love like four years ago and her dad found out and so sent her away to school and they stopped being together. 
And so Eloise, of course, wants them to get back together because she just gets bad vibes from this Brooks Oliver guy. Um, And it turns out that she was right. And Brooks Oliver is a bad guy. He's using Rachel it for her dad's money and ends up getting arrested in the end. Uh, yeah, he's forgery. a grifter. See, yeah. this is this is why we're suspicious because in exactly. Christmas movies, sometimes it does happen. Yeah, and so Eloise knew, and the guy that was a spy was actually like an FBI agent or some type of guy um, that was investigating it. And obviously, you know, spoiler alert, Rachel and Bill end up like rekindling their love and Eloise's mom makes it home for Christmas and, you know, nanny kind of has like a love type interest. And there's also this really um, cantankerous woman who lives on the top floor who was going to get evicted and they end up allowing her to stay. But it's, yeah, it's kind of a typical like kids movie. There's lots of stuff going on. Uh, one of my all-time favorite scenes is her Christmas list that she has, <laughs> which is literally like a five-foot scroll. And then when she goes <laughs> Christmas shopping and gets like 50 gifts for everyone that works at the hotel. It's just such a cute <clears throat> scene. Yeah, that was the one part that didn't exactly age well because I was watching it today. And do you remember she goes to Toys R Us? Oh, yes, she does, and like, which I guess is out of business now. It's gone. And so I was thinking about that. And I feel like, you know, I went to my fair share of Toys R Us's, but I feel like this generation and on will watch that and think it was like a fake toy store, like just for movies. You're right. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, that was it. Because it's like sort of like the New York City Toys R Us had like, a Ferris wheel and like really cool stuff. So it does now, if you didn't know that you would think it was just like this fantasy toy shop created for the movie. That's a very, very fair point. So anyway, I, so the Eloise movie, there's two movies. There's Eloise at the Plaza and there's Eloise at Christmas time. If you're looking to expand your Eloise watching repertoire. (laughs) Um, And it's based on a book series an Eloise book series so the books were written from 1909 to 1998 which I thought was pretty what how is that even possible I don't know I don't know if there's a ghost writer but wow or a literal ghost writer a literal ghost writer (laughs) yeah I don't know who died and just Um, keeps pumping maybe it counted like the there's like a compilation one or something so maybe when that was published in 1998 they like count that yeah it could be but I didn't realize that they were that old basically is the moral of the story um and so there is like a really cute like Eloise plaque and area at the Plaza Hotel um and I also love that Paris and Nikki Hilton and I guess all of the Hiltons did live in the plaza hotel for a while and so paris and um nikki are like obviously both like blonde girls running around so i think that's kind of funny that at one point there were eloise type girls running around the plaza yeah do you ever does it ever say like why eloise is so wealthy and like lives there 
No, it doesn't. They keep her mother very mysterious. Yeah. And she's never really in the books. It's always her relationship with her and her nanny. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, she like the dad is never mentioned. So we really don't know how she's so wealthy. Interesting. And her mom just like travels the world kind of. Um, but I don't know. I was obsessed with the books. I was obsessed with the movies. Probably because I always wanted to live in a hotel. I loved getting room service and thought hotels oh. were the coolest things when I was young. I so still do. So I think do. this movie just, yeah, I mean, I a would live in a hotel 100% like if I could. Very glamorous, very luxe to me. Like I still, like I watch TV in bed if I'm in a hotel. I like order, I love it. It still feels very bougie. The hotel robes, like if you go yes. to a hotel with oh. a nice robe. Oh my God. Whew. Yes. Um, did you ever see Dunstan Checks In in the 90s? No. Oh, it's great. It's like a similar plot to this. This little boy lives in a hotel and there's like a spy situation in that. It's actually like quite similar and I think you'd like it. Oh, okay. I might have to check that out. Yeah, it's great. Anyways, so <laughs> that's the gist. That's the Eloisa Christmas time gist. Um, yeah. Should we hop in with Fuck, Mary Kill, which for this movie is a little bit harder because it's a children's film? Yeah, but, you know, we, we've we done it in cult films. We've done it yeah, in murder I mean, shows. Yeah, exactly. We, um, we can't break the tradition. No, and for me, the choice is easy. I'm obsessed with Bill. Like, I, yes. I love him. I looked him up. Did you? No, I didn't look up... Um... No, I didn't Google I him. looked him up. I was surprised because at first he hadn't been in anything else. And I was like, that's weird. Turns out he's actually a Broadway star. So he's been in a oh. lot of Broadway shows. Interesting. Okay. And that checks out that you mm-hmm. are like that passionate about him. Yeah. It, I didn't know that until I looked him up. But now it makes a lot of sense to me. And they keep referencing my favorite musical in the movie in Eloise at Christmas time. They keep talking about Gypsy. Which mm-hmm. is my favorite. I think I've maybe even mentioned that on this podcast, how much I love that musical. You probably have. Um, anyway, so I would I would marry Bill because I don't think one fuck would be enough. Yeah. I would fuck Mr. Salimony. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, why not? Like, Jeffrey Tambor plays him. Like, me as well. He's looked the same age for 25 years. Um, and I would kill. Oh, wait. Ooh, wait. I might change my answer. I might okay, change my answer. I'd fuck Bill. I'd marry Nanny. Okay. And I would kill um, Brooks. Yeah, that's a good answer. So what would you I do? so I had fuck Bill. Because yeah. I do, Bill is a very sweet, and he's so good with Eloise. Like he's so, you know, sweet. she's They're... this little six-year-old, and he real like they play piano and sing. That and was dance my favorite together. scene when they're like playing the piano and they have like a little bit together. It's Loved amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just so cute. So you, he's just a he's a stand-up guy, but I would just fuck him. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if this is me going to like my Chuck Bass fantasy but i put mary mr peabody because he owns the hotel 
Honestly, I should have guessed that. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing makes more sense, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, that checks out for a lot of reasons. So I did pick that, and then I mm-hmm. also killed Brooks because he's the bad guy, and he Brooks is bad news. Like, yeah, yeah. He's he's gross. So I like the idea of marrying Nanny though, because honestly, she is like I need a nanny in my life. Yeah, really? the only thing I didn't love about it is, and I know that it's like like it goes with the character, of course, but I didn't love how frumpy they made cute Julie Andrews. Like, Julie Andrews is sexy, and she's, like, cool, and I love her, and I wish she wasn't so frumpy in it. But I agree. It, it they makes did sense dress her in yeah. very, like, beige and sh- kind of shapeless yeah. outfits. Exactly. So that's the only thing that I was like, Come on, but loved it, loved the show. Um, I have a question for you. Yes, let's hear it. Okay, if you found out that you were about to marry a grifter, okay, like was happening in this show, mm-hmm. would would you alert the cops immediately, or would you like try to pull a scheme on him? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about my just severe distrust for law enforcement in general. (laughs) So I think it depends if I thought I could outsmart him, then maybe, maybe I would grift him. Maybe I would try. Yeah. And then turn him in. It might be fun, especially if it was someone like Brooks, because he's so awful. It'd be nice to like get him back. He's sort of like he reminded me a lot of Dirty John. Like he's like child's oh gosh, version of Dirty yeah, John. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. He is just ultimate creep vibes and ultimate creep. What about you? Do you think that you would would you scam try to scam him if you think thought you could get away with it? Uh no, probably not because I'm, like, too fearful of men, so I'd probably just call the cops right away and, like, run away. But, like, maybe Eloise's version of me would try to scam him Yeah, back. no, I think that's fair. Well, um, I hope that we don't end up marrying <clears throat> grifters. Oh, my God, yes. Um, I have another question for you. Okay, great. Okay, so I wonder, like, if Eloise was your daughter... Yes. Would you let her, like sort of have free reign of the hotel like she does or do you think you'd be more of a like um not helicopter parent but like she sort of just like does what she wants yeah so where do you think that would fit into your life so I think that's an interesting question I was actually just thinking about this raising a kid in a big city versus like raising how we were I guess yeah. you were raised in Denver, so that's a city. Well, I was but raised like a in a suburb. suburb more, yeah. You know, yeah. And same with me, like, rural area. And I do think that kids raised in big cities, like, big cities like New York or, like, downtown Chicago or London, I just feel like their parents give them way more freedom at a young age. Mm. Like, I remember talking to one of the guys I dated in London who, like, used to ride the public bus 
at like age 10 by himself and like told me he got like jumped for lunch money by like people on it and i just at age 10 i can a hundred percent guarantee you there's no way in hell my parents would have even let me like do anything on my own let alone be in a major city taking a bus by myself you know so part of me wonders if it's just kind of what happens when you raise a kid in a big city because parents are just like doing their thing and they kind of just let their kids raise themselves I don't know I would like to think I'd be a chill parent but I'm not a very chill babysitter mm-hmm. um so my guess is I'd probably be more of a helicopter mom and would not let my kid run around yeah yeah I mean when I was a kid like maybe my mom would have let me have more free reign but I was such like a worry wart honestly this is probably like where my fascination with like serial killers and Colts came in because, like, even if I'd walk home from elementary school, which didn't happen that much because my mom was nice and I was a chicken, um, I would, like, and that was, like, right after Stranger Danger. Like, do you remember, like, the, all the, like, lessons we learned about Stranger Danger? Yeah, like, don't talk to strangers. Yeah. Yeah, like, and if someone approaches you, like, ask them for the password. Did you have a password with your parents? I don't. I don't think so. But also, there weren't a lot of, like, strangers in Kenai, Alaska. <laughs> okay, that's true. Well, we, anytime a I probably had a password. Me. I just don't remember it. Sorry, mom and dad. If you had that's a password, a what was the password? Or is it still secret? I can't tell it. If some, yeah, what if someone tries to kidnap me? Okay, know. sorry. Sorry. Okay. Why but, did I like, even ask that? On the three-block walk home, I legit thought every car that would pass was trying to kidnap me, and I'd, like, prepare the password every time a car passed me. (laughs) So I don't think that I would let myself do it. And also, like, I'd like to think I'd be chill, but I also know myself, and I'm going to be, like, a neurotic freak if I ever had kids. I know. That's part of me is, like, I don't know if my anxiety can literally take being a parent. Because... When I dog sit, I, like, I can't sleep because I'm, like, what if the dog has, like, ingested some weird airborne virus and it's dead right now? Do I need to go check on it? Yeah. it's just, it's too stressful. Yeah, occasionally I look over at my dog when he's sleeping to make sure he's still breathing. So And can you imagine if that's a baby? No, I'd never sleep. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I would. Like, having my own child, like, Eloise, randomly get locked into the mechanical closet would, like, do me in. She would yeah. never be let have out a of heart attack. Sight. Totally. Yeah. I used to judge people for putting their kids in those leashes, and now I'm like, <laughs> shit, maybe the leashes aren't such a bad idea after all. Maybe they actually make sense. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah do you think you would ever get married on Christmas Eve or on a holiday? Like, what do you feel about people that get married on holidays? Would you do it? What do you think? Feel like I'm sound off. I think I'm about to step on a landmine depending on who's listening. So I'm sorry if I offend. Do we, did we have any friends who got married on the holidays? I don't, think so but like just in case like disclaimer okay I'm not like judging you but let me judge you I think that people who get married on major holidays are selfish um and that's just what I'll say I think that people who get married on Christmas 
or like um, 4th of July or like Thanksgiving are kind of selfish because you know that that's like already holidays in which you're getting pulled a million different directions. Like if you're married or dating someone, you have to already negotiate whose family to spend it with. Or like most people like to spend those holidays with their own families. So I feel like it's kind of selfish to make people come to your event on those days on New Year's. Like that said, I think Labor Day, which I know is a popular weekend wedding, is a different story. Like, no one has strong ties to Labor Day. I agree. Like, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Flag Day, Veterans Day. Columbus Day. Yeah, yeah, Columbus Day, whatever. Like, President's Day. Arbor Day. Day. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to get married Um, on Arbor Day, and it's going to be tree-themed. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. Really, also, I thought I wasn't sure if you would. Yeah, I'm not into the holiday. Well, I just personally would not want to have a holiday wedding. It's a lot because, of pressure, I think. Well, it's a lot of pressure, and like, I am like enough of an attention seeker that I don't want to share the spotlight <laughs> with Christmas. Like, I don't want other people's fucking Merry Christmas posts to be yeah. usurping my wedding. I want to get married on a random Saturday where shit is not going on and yeah. all people are seeing is me looking hot in my wedding dress and my giant ring and, like, all my friends having the best weekend of their life. And I guess my husband will be there. or Maybe he won't. We don't know. But He might not yeah. be invited. He might not be. That's that's okay. Um, yeah, so I don't want to share the spotlight with a holiday that's going to be, like, filling up the content and competing with me. I yeah. need all the help I can get. That's totally reasonable um, and actually is really smart of you, actually. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And, hell, like, if your wedding day can't be your one day to shine, when can you? I think totally. it's fine. I think it's fine I have to act kind of a a bitter moment on the plane today and maybe this is just because I'm single or whatever but they like I could tell that this couple got engaged um because the girl kept her fiance went to the bathroom and she like was taking ring picks so like good for Aww, you sister it's kind of cute though yeah okay well maybe I'm cynical but the fucking flight attendant announced it on the plane and made us oh. clap for them Oh, and then ew. we weren't clapping loud enough, and she was like, "Keep clapping." Ew. I don't know. It just no. I that's found gross. That so annoying. I was like, "What if I had just like saved a child from like, <laughs> or uh, I if, don't know, or what if you were like, flying home because someone died?" Yeah. yeah, like I don't know, like why, and it just it just got me like spinning up about how like women are only celebrated for their accomplishments like getting engaged and married that fired me up on this plane so I'm I'm fresh fresh in my mind you know no I totally agree with you it's the same thing I find I think that actually it's kind of tacky that that happened and I think that like really public engagements like at a halftime show or like on a (laughs) on like a jumbotron jumbotron or, like, uh, like in the middle of, like, a flash mob or something. I find them so tacky. It would be my nightmare. I would immediately say no. Oh, my. Just oh, I'm the principle. exact same. No. There is no way I want to be in the middle of the 
fucking public. Like, that's so embarrassing to it's me. It's so embarrassing. It's so, like, it's one thing to say, like, you want the attention on your pictures that'll be posted and, like, the people who come. But it's, like, another thing to disturb. I think this is what's so upsetting about your plane experience. It's, like, another thing to disturb people who are just, like, hopping along in their regular day. You don't know what's going on in their life. And, like, to just assume that they should, like, celebrate you. Yeah, like, we didn't consent to watch you get engaged and live happily (laughs) ever after or statistically get divorced. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're (laughs) under the age of 30. (laughs) We're going to get some heat from married listeners this week. Honestly, though, we're going to lose our, like, we're going to lose half our followers, which means we're down to seven. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We really do love you. No, it's fine. It's just, I guess it's to each their own. For me personally, like none of those things work for me. Like it's, it feels like more of a private thing. Like I thought your story was just going to say you kept seeing her like sneak a glance at her. No, and that was cute. That was cute. And it was a pretty ring. But the, the clap, and then when she was like, we can do better than this clap louder. I was like, are you kidding me? I'd be like, ma'am, I was trying to sleep. Yeah, I was. Like, I yeah. it was literally, like, oh, wow. Wow, it was tough. Wow, I don't I don't blame you. Well, I agree with you 100% on that. I'm also just glad that she didn't get married in the film because she belongs with Bill. And that's yes, just that. I completely agree. But I'm if, very glad. if I were Eloise, I'd be trying everything I could to break to make sure she didn't end up with Bill. Because I would want to be with Bill. And as I've mentioned many times, I was, like, very boy crazy as a little girl. And I also had no idea I was a little girl. So I would have been incredibly jealous because I would have thought Bill and I should be together. Yeah. Well, maybe in another life, you know. You could have fast-forwarded, like, ten years and then maybe you and Bill could have ended up together. Yeah, except in my life, Bill is gay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's probably... I mean, he was, like, in musical theater, so the odds... Yeah, the odds are high. The odds don't look great. And that's likely why I'm so attracted to him. It is. We we haven't unpacked that yet, (laughs) but maybe maybe that's for a later episode. That's for our episode that's just (laughs) stream Stream of consciousness. consciousness. It's also fake. (laughs) And no one will know if it's true except... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm I love excited it. for this. Well, do you have anything else to say about Christmas? That's really all or... I had to say. I hope everyone has a safe holiday and just know if even if you maybe are not spending it with your loved ones, we love you. And we're always an Instagram DM or text away because we know all of our listeners on a personal level. Wow, that was beautiful. I don't want to add anything else. <laughs> that was great. Merry Christmas and we'll catch happy you later. Hanukkah. Oh, thanks. Um and happy Hanukkah and happy Honda days also. Happy yes. to- Toyota Thon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Exciting news, Brads Who Binge is now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So pick your favorite platform, and if you're enjoying this, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.